0: Merely Podcasters presents The Tragedy of Macbeth by William Shakespeare.
1: Yay, act three. So what are your questions for this act? I
2: mean, I got the one that's asked in every English class that does Macbeth if we want to do that one.
1: Go ahead, go for it.
2: Who's the third murderer?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that's one reason that we thought that it would be fun to have Meg read that. So that the third murderer would be read by Lady M whether or not it is Lady M, though it could be, whether thematically it's that she is part of these murders in helping out in this one in the way that she helped out in the first one, or if it actually is her in a disguise going to help with all of this. Anyway, that was one idea. What do other people think? I
2: tend to go with the it's Macbeth school of thought, given that there's old English superstition around this time that if you kill someone you see their ghost you see their ghost as the last time you saw them and he sees him with 20 stab wounds on his face therefore
3: it should be macbeth i like the idea of just some random person like on the road who just is like yeah yeah you know what i'm going to fucking kill a guy right now sorry i realize i shouldn't be cursing but still
4: it's also theatrically one of those wonderful little moments in shakespeare and I think this is a huge part of why his work is still popular, because you can really justify any number of different interpretations of this small, kind of non-essential moment. But to do it as Lady M, or to do it as, as Macbeth himself, or any number of choices is going to slightly change the direction of your production. And to me, as a theater maker, that's a really exciting
5: opportunity.
1: Yeah, it is cool. There's a lot of different choices you could make in terms of going by the text and making different statements with it.
5: Yeah, though actually rereading it, I had an extra theory about the third murderer, because the third murderer shows up and Fleance escapes. The third murderer shows up and something goes wrong with the thing, and the third murderer is the one who's like, who did something with the light? We only have the third murderer's word that Macbeth sent them. Mm-hmm. So my spicy hot take on it is that that was played by Shakespeare, and it says "Wave of inserting it in there, and he deliberately messed something up on stage that allowed Fleance to get away. And he did it to ingratiate himself with the king. That's my hot take. Let's go into Banquo's murder. What are the motives, and what are the real motives if they differ?
2: Why he get killed?
5: Yeah, why he get killed.
2: Why he dead. Why he die. Because Macbeth wants Banquo dead because he's prophesied to be the father of kings, but Macbeth himself is not. So by getting rid of Banquo and Fleance, he is securing his own future. But he messes up, uh, and Fleance gets away to spawn a line of English kings, because this is all just a big old
3: love note to <laughs> James. James. Yeah, this would have been James the first and sixth because it's then James, II James the 2nd and 7th
5: James the 1st of England, James the 6th of Scotland. But Banquo flees because he suspects Macbeth of something, doesn't he?
6: Oh, yeah. Well, Banquo is like because mm, he says, "Oh, like, wow, everything worked out perfectly for Macbeth, but I think he probably played <sighs> foul on this and just straight up started killing people." So, yeah, Banquo is like, "I'm going to get out. I'm going to take my kid, and we're just going to go away." Mm. So yeah, I think Banquo definitely knows what's up and is like, "Mm mm-mm, I'm not waiting around for this.
5: Does Macbeth know that Banquo knows what's up?
6: I feel like Macbeth probably suspects when Banquo's like, oh, sorry, I can't make your dinner. I'm going to be riding my horse (laughs) inconveniently at dinner time.
3: Even if Banquo didn't suspect anything, I feel like if I were still in Macbeth's position that I would still assume that he knew something and would take even the slightest possible hint as reason to be paranoid.
0: Yeah, Macbeth's pretty paranoid right now. Well,
1: because, of course, Banquo was there at the witches' meeting and heard the prophecy about you're going to be king, and then it happened immediately. And so that's actually a reason for both of them to suspect what happened and for Banquo to be like, hmm, he hears this prophecy, and then, Mm. like, the next day the king's been murdered, and no one else knows about the prophecy except the two of them and Lady M. So that would be a way for Banquo to be like, maybe he did it. Or even if Banquo doesn't suspect, that would be a place for Macbeth to be like, Mm. Ankle heard the prophecy too. Maybe he thinks that I did it and gets suspicious because of that. Or even just having fulfilled the first half of the prophecy, I want to get rid of the second half and have a line of succession. He didn't get the memo about don't mess with prophecies. You can try and make them come true, but don't try and make them not come true because that never works out well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that
5: always makes them come true even harder. So prophecies and murder, do they mix? Is this a recommended mixture?
2: Mm -hmm. Depends. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha Sometimes, by murdering them, you cause the prophecy to happen. And sometimes, by murdering, you prevent the prophecy from happening. And sometimes, by not murdering, you cause the prophecy to happen. And it's all a big fahui Yeah, it's true.
6: Yeah, I was gonna say, it seems like things are happening regardless of whether people try to intervene or not, right? Yeah. Because even when he was like, oh, I'm just gonna murder Banquo and Flance, and that'll be the end of it, it's like, well, congratulations, you can try, but Flaance is still gonna escape because that's what the prophecy is. In the
0: game of rock, paper, scissors, Prophecy always wins.
1: (laughs) But yeah, that's like the classical tragedy thing. It's very Oedipus. Yeah. Basically, prophecies always come true. That's kind of their point. Mm hmm They don't always come true the way that you think they will. That's all, the whole great army will fall by his hands kind of thing, and we'll see that more in Act 5. But generally, in these stories, they happen, and you can fight them or you can try and help them. But are there any classical stories where the prophecy totally gets thwarted or doesn't come true at all?
4: Not that I can think of. Nothing's coming to mind. Not really. Because even if it doesn't come true how you think it would, it's going to come true in some sneaky way Mm -hmm. that'll come around and bite you in the
0: butt. (laughs) Some would. Like, either it's a false prophecy or they're just twisting the Mm -hmm. words or the way that you would think about it.
5: Yeah, like, death comes from above. Is it Aristophanes? One of those A-Greek guys.
0: (laughs) This type A Greek
3: guys.
1: <laughs> type A. A Greek guy. A Greek guy. One of those A plus Greeks.
3: Aristophanes, <laughs> Aeschylus.
5: <laughs> Aristotle, Archimedes, Aristophanes. Wow. or
3: you mean?
5: Maybe. Was he the one that got brained by a turtle? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know. Yeah, that's the prophecy twist. He's like, oh, I should not spend any time near a civilization because it means a brick's going to follow me. Then an eagle dropped a turtle on him.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
3: about right. I think at that rate, you just need to make sure that you've got, wow, well, death from above you, if you wore a helmet, maybe the helmet would kill you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. actually the first prophecies in Macbeth are unusually clear. The whole, you're going to be Thane of Cawdor and Glamis and King, and your descendants are going to be kings. Like, that's pretty straightforward as prophecies go. Yeah then in the next act, we're about to get some of the more traditionally confusing Mm. ones.
5: Yeah, with the apparitions.
1: Maybe that's why Hecate yells at them and is like, he gave him the future too straight. It has to be more mysterious and there has to be more spectacle, more ambiguity. You shouldn't have just told him.
0: It's a good salesman's pitch, though, because you get them hooked with the, here's a clear thing. Oh, look, it came true. Now you believe us, even when we say mystical stuff that you don't understand.
1: That's true. Well, that gets more into the role of the witches. Like, are they doing this on purpose? Are they deliberately manipulating events? Or are they just causing trouble? Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, it's also because they're so clear in the first one, Macbeth spends a lot of time tying his brain in knots trying to figure out what the twist is.
1: Yeah, that's true.
5: So there's also that reverse psychology (laughs) thing where because it's a prophecy, he's expecting a twist. And the twist is, there is no twist. (laughs)
6: <laughs> Here's a thought. What if the third murderer is one of the witches showing up ooh, to be like, oh,
1: mm-hmm. got to
6: make sure that Macbeth doesn't mess up our prophecy here.
1: Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. Or what if it's Hecate? That's true.
5: It could be Hecate. Yeah, because well, yeah, she told both of them too much, and they both overheard the other's prophecy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Or, plot twist, third murderer is plans. Time traveling.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Time traveling.
3: Trying to stop it. And not understanding the lessons of prophecy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a time paradox. He goes back in time to save himself.
3: And kills his father. Oh, God.
1: Wait, how does
5: he go back in time to save himself if he... It's a paradox. Oh, right.
3: No, he goes back in time to save his father.
5: Oh, and he only saves himself. Mm. Oops.
3: Which actually doesn't create much of a paradox.
5: No. Let's go back to this murder. Mm-hmm. This is also the first murder that Lady Macbeth is not involved in. Does that have any particular implications
0: she knows what she's doing and clearly the other people do not <laughs> yeah
4: yeah this is the one that goes awry it doesn't kill as many people as needed
1: <laughs> maybe that's why this one doesn't work Yeah, this... it doesn't work because lady m isn't here he couldn't finish the first one without her because he messed it up with bringing the daggers back mm-hmm. And if Lady M had been involved in this, maybe they would have gotten both of them.
0: And that's why Lady M can't be
1: the third murderer. Because he's like, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. Macbeth is not actually that competent in, in carrying out murders alone.
5: Yeah, but this is also the first one he's determined and proactive about. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of interesting?
1: I guess it just goes to show that even
6: when he's determined and proactive, he's still not very good at anything.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he's good at battle that's in the true. first scene. I talk about how great he is at fighting.
1: Well, how does this go with your I know he's not exactly a serial killer, but he's approaching multiple murderer. Um after
3: this you could make the case that he is kind of a serial killer. <laughs> 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 Just because he didn't have a series yet.
1: He did also kill all those guards. Mm-hmm. That's true
3: too. Okay, never mind, I stand corrected.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, Grace, in terms of first murder, second murder evolution stuff, yeah. you know more about that. It's actually
5: mostly devolving here. The first murders have kind of hmm unraveled him and shaken his sense of calm and he's desperately trying to regain it by doing the only thing he thinks can do that which is killing more and more people but because killing is the root of his problems it's like an alcoholic trying to drink their way back into a job. You can't do it.
3: The cover up is as bad as the crime. Mm. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. It's worse.
0: It's Yeah, there are a lot more bodies on the cover up here. It's true.
5: And more witnesses because he outsourced. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs>
3: Never outsource your cover-ups, moral of the story.
5: Yeah, except if it's to your husband. By American murderers? If it's to your husband, make sure that you really know the people doing it.
3: Do you really want to know the people you're outsourcing to?
5: (laughs) No, like, make sure it's your husband.
3: Ah, I see.
5: Not just some dudes who also hate the dude you want dead. Fair
1: enough. Well, that's another interesting thing, though, is the fact that he does outsource it instead of killing him himself, like he did with Banquo. Why do you think that is? Is it because he's the king, or is it because he didn't like doing the murder himself? I guess it
5: shows his shaky, devolving sense of confidence. He's getting more paranoid and less sure of himself, which you can sort of see in the ghost scene. It almost sort of implies that he doesn't have the guts to go through with it himself. Like, if he was face-to-face with Banquo and had the chance to stab him, he wouldn't take it. Well... Potentially.
4: Yeah. And it also makes sense when you become the king to maybe not do your dirty work anymore, to yeah. have it be at least one removed from mm. you. But then I feel like you have to dig a little bit harder textually to make the case for that. Mm. That just seems like makes sense in a human way of living, but I don't have any specific passages to point mm. to. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think it makes sense the fact that he took measures to cover up the first one and so his measure mm-hmm. to cover up the second one is hiring someone else to do it. I guess he's more visible now and the center of attention being the king. And yeah, it's also true. Yeah, I was going to say, he has this fabulous dinner that
6: yeah. he's supposed to be hosting. Oh yeah, the dinner's his alibi. I was at the dinner. I was on the bench. So he can't exactly be like, bye guys, I have to go ride off and murder someone. <laughs> it's like, no, I have to be here and be at this dinner, so
5: true. I'll yeah. just hire
6: out some murderers to take care of it. hmm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> falling apart but you know yeah
5: Yeah, but he hires the murderers before he knows Banquo's leaving
6: Banquo in like the very first scene tells Macbeth sorry I have to go off riding but he also says he would talked to them earlier I guess was the leaving the impetus to kill
0: Banquo that was part of the original prophecy so mm. maybe he was already planning on it and then the meeting with the first murderer was just a follow up of hey this dude's leaving go kill him now please
1: mm. yeah Like oh no, my chance is slipping away. I was gonna do this anyway, but or like oh that was the other thing I was gonna do. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, yeah.
1: Which also leads into the feast thing and that weird excuse that Lady M tries to make of like oh no, this is just a thing that happens to him that he does. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: he just hallucinates people it's fine don't worry about it he yells at the chair sometimes it'll be fine
3: yeah he yells at the chair a lot
1: yeah which to be fair he does with the dagger i never caught before that he told her about that apparently because she's like oh this is just like the dagger Mm. you mentioned not
3: exactly a good sign
1: (laughs) yeah is the ghost real also does it matter Does it matter? Well, you could choose to stage it with a ghost there or not. The script says that there is a ghost on stage, but it doesn't have any lines, so you could make the choice and have there be no one there.
3: It almost doesn't matter as much whether the ghost is there. Or rather, I feel like the ghost should be there, but no one else can see it. No one else should be reacting to it.
5: Mm -hmm. Right.
3: I feel like it doesn't matter if the ghost is actually there. It's really all about what Macbeth is reacting to. Mm-hmm. The question there is more just, do you want to stage it from Macbeth's point of view, mm-hmm. or are you staging it from the other guest's point of view?
4: Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, that's a staging choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on what perspective you want to do, that could determine that. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and there is text evidence both ways to suggest that Interesting. you could play it so that either Macbeth's only starting to have these problems after the murders or you could take Lady Macbeth's words at face value and maybe he has always had these problems Maybe she is actually telling the truth there hmm. or maybe everything is supernatural and real
1: Yeah, and this is the thing that shows up in other plays sometimes one character saying of another character that they're having some sort of fit and that It is usual and it's unclear whether it's true or whether it's just them coming up for them Like it happens in mm-hmm. Othello also and, in Hamlet. Mm-hmm. and there's dispute about does he actually have some kind of epilepsy or is it just being really emotional? and Iago is just being weird about it there are different ways people can choose to play that yeah it's an odd thing that shows up in various Shakespeare plays maybe it relates to just the lack of Elizabethan medical knowledge yeah probably here's another cool thing that I was taught about this in terms of the banquet scene a lot of that relies on the conventions of the time in terms of how medieval banquets were and they would have it was described to me a u-shaped table and when he says sit by your degrees Everyone knows where they sit because you sit in order of precedent, with the king in the middle and the most highly ranked people next to, and then way down by the end, the lowest ranked people. And so, in terms of staging it, there are some implied stage directions, but also ways to stage it where you imagine Macbeth hanging around not having sat yet near the end of the table, and then turns around and Banquo is sitting in his seat in the middle of the stage.
5: Okay, the other big thing I've got is the role of England in this play, and especially this act.
3: Oh, England. (sighs) (laughs) Just conveniently swoops in there to save the other people when it's convenient.
5: Yep. Would it please you? England and his king harbors, or her king, I guess, England's a girl. Harbors Malcolm, harbors Macduff.
3: Who would have been king during this?
5: Edward, they mention.
3: Which Edward, though?
5: I think the confessor. Oh, it's in the last scene Lennox I
3: think it's pre let's see yeah he was one of the last Anglo-Saxon kings mm.
1: son of Ethel Ethel read the Unready yeah this is the obligatory this play was written by an Englishman in England for an English mm. audience so and not just that but did he have the attention of the monarchy at this point he probably did
5: yeah because this is James's king at this point.
3: yeah it would have been
0: the king's men Yeah James the first is king then.
5: Yeah, he was Elizabeth's favorite for so long. Yeah, so
1: yeah. James probably would have known about Shakespeare and probably cared about it.
0: Or at least knew that the public cared
5: about it.
1: Right, so you gotta have something in there, a patriotic and yay England mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. yeah. And yay King James especially. It's like Hollywood movies that use military stuff having to show the military in a positive light if they're using their equipment. Yeah. American military to save the day, (laughs) especially in Act Five. England's military plays a very
5: big role in that. Mm
0: -hmm. The military-industrial complex has been supporting entertainment (laughs) since 1606. (laughs)
5: This would have been
3: probably earlier.
0: Earlier?
5: Yeah. Yay! I guess it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. We were English.
1: We got all of our shit from England. Mm, Yeah.
0: I mean, we stole some of it from other places, but yeah.
1: That's true. Alright, great. Anyone have other thoughts about the characters you played, the events that happened in this act, what's coming next? Oh yes, and what should somebody
5: listening to this for the first time ever who doesn't know what's going on keep an eye out for? What are the Easter eggs? What should they be looking out for?
1: Well, the new prophecies that we're going to get in the next act, Hecate showed up and is like, we're going to call him back again. Oh yes, yes, oh
5: yes, Hecate's planning.
1: Yeah, Hecate's planning. It's like, we're going to call him back again. You left me out, so now we're going to call him back and do weird stuff. And he said in this act, I'm going to visit them Mm -hmm. again, I think.
5: The witches feel almost incidental
3: in this act. Mm -hmm. I thought there was a textual case to be made that the witches, the Hecate scenes are not actually Shakespeare but Thomas Middleton.
6: Oh, interesting.
1: It is a different style. Hecate's monologue is in rhymed verse. Mm-hmm. One of the only parts of the play, that is. I would not be surprised if that was a theory that's out there. And you can remove Hecate from the play without changing a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. At least the character. People reference her other places. Mm-hmm.
3: One of the first results in Google just says, It is possible that some or all of the Hecate material in the text surrounding the songs, Macbeth, is also added by Middleton. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a little bit leading into conspiracy theories about did Shakespeare write Shakespeare?
1: Yes, he did.
5: Yes.
1: (laughs) Other people may have helped, but he existed and he wrote most of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: The other question is how much of the text of the Scottish play do we actually have? Just in the fact that it is the shortest tragedy.
1: Yeah. Every
3: single other one of these middle period four great tragedies are each some of the longest in the canon. Mm-hmm. Are the longest. I mean Hamlet's the longest. Mm-hmm. is up there. Yeah. fellow's not too far behind. Yeah. Ron mm-hmm. Richard III, and otherwise you've got pretty much all the long ones, but Macbeth is so unusual, but it's also short it? tragic. Interesting.
1: Yeah, but it's
5: also one of the latest in his career. So it could be argued that it's so short because Shakespeare got really damn good at what he was doing and didn't need to take forever. That's
6: even though to me, I think that Macbeth seems like in terms of character development one of the most stunted of his plays yeah exactly Hmm. because one thing that I always think about when I watch Macbeth is who am I supposed to be rooting for in this play because for so long it's like Macbeth is kind of a loser like Mm -hmm. he's not really good at anything Lady Macbeth, keep an eye on her, I guess. No spoilers about what happens to her, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have the most fulfilling character arc in the whole world. She kind of drops off the face of the earth.
5: Yeah, she doesn't even die on stage. Yeah. A little weird, yeah.
6: Yeah, it's just like, oh, surprise, we've stopped caring about her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. Yikes. And then it's got a little bit of Richard III. It's a little bit better than a Richard III with Richmond just sweeping in at the end and being like, ha I win. But Macduff does feel a little bit like, just swooping in and being like, ha-ha, you didn't care about me before, but now I win. And it's like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I remember reading this in high school and because this was before I actually knew the plot, and I'm like, oh, who's going to kill Macbeth?" And i like, MacDuff? I'm like, MacDuff? Like, he hasn't done anything this entire time. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this in a previous act, too. Uh, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but I think that's also why, as Rachel said, it does feel emotionally stunted. Mm-hmm. Also, even the tragedies that come after this are Antony and Cleopatra is extraordinarily long, and Coriolanus, I thought, was like one of the three longest plays. Mm-hmm. So I usually assume that textually we've just lost some of it somewhere. Yeah.
1: That is also very possible because what we have of the first folio was assembled after Shakespeare's death by a bunch of actors with their old scripts Mm -hmm. and things. So it's very possible that something got lost during that. Mm -hmm. Yeah? But yeah, in terms of classical tragedy, the hero is brought from happiness to misery because of his own fatal flaw. Well, does that, how does that really work in this case? What is the flaw? Is it ambition? But he achieves his desire to be king very quickly, and then the rest of it is trying to hold on to that, trying to get a legacy that doesn't happen in terms of character arcs. That
0: feels more like hubris? Than
1: ambition? Well, yeah. It all comes down to pride. Mm
3: -hmm. It's also interesting that out of all of these kingly plays, I'm trying to think of other ones where we don't see something surrounding like a coronation or a deposition scene.
1: Yeah, there Mm -hmm. never is a coronation scene. That's true, yeah, they sort of skipped that part
3: You never see Bolingbroke get crowned in Richard II but yeah. like, You also see a lengthy deposition scene there
1: Yeah, yes Claudius
3: is already in charge by the time Hamlet starts But also Hamlet explicitly says Fortinbras is going to be the next king by the end
5: Yeah, there's no crowning in Antony and Cleopatra But there is a rather lengthy monologue, dialogue
3: but no one's actually crowned the king in that
5: Antony and Cleopatra declare themselves ruler of the Eastern world, and that's conveyed to Caesar in a dialogue.
1: Yes, by a messenger. Yeah. hmm Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, that is ancient world, a little bit different yeah. than Britain. But it was being seen
5: through the lens of Britain.
1: Of course.
3: But also, like, even in Richard III, which, I don't know, I always feel like this feels like a second attempt at Richard III to me. it mm. always has.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Both You've got like a power-hungry murderer mm-hmm. trying to be in charge. Yeah, an unsympathetic protagonist.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see him go talk to people on his way to being crowned now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think we're about done. Yeah, I think this is a good place to wrap it. So thank you, everybody. Thank you.
4: Yeah, thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this has been great. Yay! Thank you so much, all. Have a good night. Bye. Yeah. Bye!
6: Bye! Good night! Good night! Good night!
0: In Act 3, the role of Macbeth was played by Zyra Owen Boylan. Banquo was played by Rachel Messbauer. Lady Macbeth was played by Magdalene Zinke. First murderer was played by Max Fine. Second murderer was played by Vex. Third murderer was played by Magdalene Zinke. Servant was played by Vex. Lennox was played by Mira Singer. Ross was played by Rachel Messbauer. Hecate was played by Mira Singer. Which One was played by Grace Tertislavich. Lord was played by Max Fine. Lords were played by everyone, and stage directions were read by Vex. Merely Podcasters was created by Grace Tertislavich and Mira Singer, and produced by Grace Tertislavich, Mira Singer, and Vex
6: jump down to the wrong page and i'm like come back come back i start this so i have to be ready
3: oh are you sure you don't want me to play all the lords do
6: <laughs> present him
2: eminence both with eye and tongue unsafe the while that we must lave.
1: i think so all right
2: <clears throat> dearest chunk Sorry. <laughs> Are you ready, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my dearest chunk. Ah, <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> Lady Macbeth, my
1: dearest chunk. I think... <laughs> Come on! Whew. Chuck. I think... I think it's
4: Chuck. <laughs> 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 it will be rain tonight, staff. Oh,
6: treachery! Oh. Snap again. Fly, good on fly! Fly, fly! Third slap. Thou must revenge! Oh, slave!
2: I have a strange infirmity. <laughs> Stones have been known to mo- move? 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 Move?
3: Move.
1: Move. Okay, uh, I think we are still graceless. Let me just double-check that.
5: Uh.
2: We are graceless heathens, in fact.
1: (laughs) Yes.
5: But the seventh of Scotland. The sixth? The seventh. Regardless. There were a lot of Jameses of Scotland. (laughs) There were. There were too many, maybe. So many. And then eventually one of them was Queen Elizabeth's nephew. And the rest is Yeah. We're getting a little distracted (laughs) by different prophecies.
3: Check, 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 check. Ah, that. Da, 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 da.
1: Is it me? What am I doing? There's too many Edwards. Oh
3: my god. <laughs>